Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Williams and you're listening to Know Your Own Psychology. After many years building a successful career as a psychologist, I finally realised that it didn't reflect the autonomy and freedom I wanted in both my life and work. As I made plans to begin working for myself, my husband died suddenly and my whole world fell apart. But with a young family to look after and big dreams I did not want to give up on, I took some time and in the middle of the global pandemic, I left my old life behind. Today, I'm a private psychologist, digital course creator, mum to five and best-selling author. My mission is to simplify psychological ideas so that you can know your own psychology, influence all the areas of your life and achieve more meaning, freedom and purpose. Are you ready to be empowered? This is Know Your Own Psychology, the podcast. Hello and welcome to episode five of Know Your Own Psychology, the podcast. Now, I'm recording this episode just a few weeks after the official launch and I still can't quite believe that we made it to number 24 on the Apple podcast chart under mental health in our very first week. And since that time, we have consistently managed to stay within the top 200. Now, I know enough about podcasts to know that the market is fairly saturated and that makes us a really big deal. And I tell you this and I say we because without you, I cannot make this kind of impact. So I want to thank you if you have listened, shared, rated or reviewed It all matters and I am so grateful and appreciative to you for supporting me and this work. Now, in today's episode, I am flying solo (laughs) and I'm excited to talk to you about the title of the podcast itself, why I chose it and what it really means when I say that I'm working with people and working with you to help you know your own psychology. I'll also talk about what holds people back from doing this kind of work. That's always a really interesting area to explore. And I'm also going to give you some background on why I've gone from offering one-to-one psychological therapy, which I still do by the way, to now offering an online course on this very thing. Okay, so let me start with this. For as long as I can remember, I have been fascinated with human behaviour and emotions. In the beginning, this manifested as reading about extreme human behaviour and specifically criminality. I was that teen who was morbidly obsessed by serial killers and would watch TV documentaries on them and try to work out what had happened to these men usually men, who had committed such terrible crimes. And when I look back at that, I didn't know it at the time, but what I was already doing was developing a crude psychological formulation in my head and I just loved it. I was properly hooked. And over time and doing more reading, thinking about it, watching all the TV documentaries that there were to to watch, I began to learn of the impact of certain experiences, 
familial patterns and how trauma had affected these men. And I should also say, I have always been the person that my friends or people that I worked with would go to, to talk things through. And I was drawn to listening, understanding, supporting people. Um, It was just my thing. And I was what I would call naturally psychologically minded. It made sense then that I later used this passion and interest and my natural skills and abilities to become a psychologist. And for many years, actually, I worked in forensic services with sexual and violent offenders. And I tell you that story for two reasons. One is because even though psychological mindedness varies from person to person, I believe that you can cultivate it with the right guidance. And definitely one of the things I'm assessing when I sit down with someone in therapy is their level of psychological mindedness. Because what that helps me to do is understand how far the distance is between where someone is now and where they want to be. And the second part of that is because it has always been my clinical strength to formulate other people's stories. It's kind of where my psychological passion began and it was the thing that I got consistently positive feedback on throughout both my training and my career. So it makes complete sense to me that I'm now teaching others how to do it for themselves. And it's what um, people would talk about as this is my particular zone of genius. Um, As a very quick aside, before I move on, I wonder if anyone else listening is a bit fascinated with criminality too. I think I read somewhere actually that true crime podcasts are apparently like the most popular category um, in existence. (laughs) So if this describes you, I can recommend the new Netflix series, which has dramatised the serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer's life. Um, It does make for some very uncomfortable viewing, but it is worth a look if you like that sort of thing. Okay, so moving on. What I've come to know about psychological work, having been in private practice now for several years and before working in psychology from around 2005, firstly is that not everyone wants or needs one-to-one therapy or at least what they perceive therapy to be. And that can be down to a whole host of reasons. It might be because they don't feel ready, or in fact are not ready. And readiness is something that um, when I am taking in new therapy clients, I'm trying to work that out too. Are they really ready for this? Or it might be because they also don't know what therapy actually looks like. You know, we live in a society where psychology has become very much a pop subject right and we see um, representations of what psychological therapy looks like in the media and it drives me insane. Um, I'm talking about sort of TV dramatizations of what psychological therapists do um, and I'm often left shaking my head or shouting at the TV (laughs) um, thinking how unhelpful some of that can be. And so often people make a preconceived judgment on it and unconsciously are stigmatising 
therapy or the need for therapy. And it might also be, be because people are genuinely scared. You know, you might be scared of who you would become if you do this work. You might be scared of telling people your innermost thoughts and feelings for fear of judgment. You might be scared of telling someone, perhaps for the first time, some of the difficulties and experiences that you had as a child. And that is completely understandable. And the next part of that though, is that though people might have those worries and fears, there is a way that you can do that without engaging one-to-one with someone else or doing therapy. And that's through self-development work. It's through taking the time and prioritising space for you to understand yourself better. And what I know to be true is that self-formulation and understanding your own psychological story and psychological mindedness can be taught. I mean, what, what's not the goal of therapy than to help someone understand themselves better and become more psychologically minded? But you don't have to do it within therapy one-to-one space. So I said earlier that psychological mindedness is subject to individual differences. It varies from person to person. But with the right knowledge and information, I think people can absolutely increase their level of self-awareness on a daily, if not moment-to-moment basis. For those of you who do practices in mindfulness or meditation, um, we hear about that often, don't we? That sort of moment-to-moment being present. And that is part of what this work will help you to do. It's to really see how you're behaving and look at the motivations behind some of your behaviours and where your thoughts are arising. And actually, one of the things I heard very often from men within criminal justice settings, I would be often asking them to give offence accounts within the work that I did. And they would often tell me, oh, I, I didn't really think about it, I just did it. And... I'm sure that was about a lot of things, not least, I think there was a level of shame that people held about some of the things that they had done. And I think it would be fair to say that in those settings, compassion for that was not often at a premium. But my job at that time was about helping them to understand that thoughts were going on, even if they were unaware of them being there or in fact what they were because it was the thoughts that drove that behaviour and it's the same with my clients now. Ultimately the more psychologically aware they are of thoughts, of feelings, of behaviour and the relational patterns they are in, the better their mental life becomes. And so that is some of the reason why I'm branching into offering an online course. I know that there are some of you out there who would love to be more psychologically aware and this course will meet that need without you necessarily having to engage in one-to-one therapy over a longer term basis. Now let me also say a few things about why I know that this course is also helpful 
and contributes to this space. One is ease of access. Now, having worked in the NHS for a very long time and other services, even before the pandemic, resources were very, very stretched. And psychologists, counsellors, CBT therapists, all of the above, um, were struggling to meet the demand. And so now we've been through the pandemic where things got a whole lot worse. And often when people do seek support or know that they perhaps need to do some of this work, waiting lists can be long. And I just wanted to offer an easily accessible alternative. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is, I mean, I don't know, you know, maybe you've done some self-development work before. Um, in previous roles that I was in, we would call it self-help. I think self-development feels more aligned to what this is. But self-help got a really sort of poor reputation um, as being a bit bland and a bit beige. And I don't want this to be like that. I want self-help to be engaging, to be supported. And oftentimes I think one of the things that was lacking with self-help that was offered was that people didn't have the level of support that they might have required alongside it. It didn't quite hit the mark. And in addition to that, they perhaps didn't have the community that would have allowed them to have that sense of belonging while they did it. So Know Your Own Psychology offers three elements to make this an effective alternative. One is a belief that self-agency really matters, that your ability to do this work um, on a self-directed basis is important. The second element is community and having that sense of belonging, having other people that you can see are in this with you, we're in it together and the right knowledge and guidance from someone who has done this work for a very long time. So I wanted to share just lastly a little bit of what I teach on the course um, and perhaps you know if you're interested we can talk about how you might go on to do this work. But one of the things or a few of the things I think makes this course different are my individual take on certain things. So I'll, I'll just run through a couple of them. One of the ideas or the concepts that runs through all of the work that I do is that the presenting problems that people come to me with, so for example, anxiety, depression, OCD, eating disorders, whatever it happens to be, I fundamentally believe that that is a symptom of the problem and not the problem itself. It's the mind and the body's um, coping strategy, if you like, for the problem that's at the core and at the root. And so my work is to, if I'm working with people one-to-one in therapy, I work with them collaboratively to help them understand and get to that root cause. And this course does the same, but it's just more self-directed. And the other aspect of this is that I really ground my work within or from from the perspective of a trauma lens. And 
I, I've talked about this on webinars before, I've talked about this in various other courses that I have run and there's this idea in society that trauma is these extreme things that happen. So quite often if you ask people, you know, what is trauma, they'll tell you, well, it's someone who's been sexually abused, that's what, that's what trauma is, or when they've been neglected as children. And that's of course true. For most of the things that I do in my working life, I view them as being on a spectrum. So if you imagine for a second that trauma exists on a spectrum and that those very extreme things exist at one end and at the other end there would be no trauma. And I just don't buy it that our human experience, even if it's not the extreme things, can also be traumatic in some way. Now, let me be clear about this. I've had people online, you know, get kind of irate with me at times about this idea that they have that I am pathologizing normal human experience or normal human relationships. But I am absolutely not trying to do that. I have seen through my clinical practice that there are so many of you out there, just like me, who are functioning, who are functioning above and beyond in some in some circumstances but also dealing with a lot of stuff that they hide from the rest of the world and I believe that those challenges formed and developed within the early relationships that we have had and so while they might not be extreme examples of trauma although some of you might have dealt with some of those things they're still important they have still shaped and shifted and changed who we are as we develop and grow and show up in the world as an adult. And so a lot of what I'm doing within my work is helping you understand where the difficulties have arisen and really see them for what they are. And if what I've just said is true, we can literally go back review and map those relationships, the important ones with your early caregivers, to understand them and why those patterns can often be seen to be repeating on loop, a bit like a record on loop, even now in your adult life. So, you know, when I talk to people about this, I'm talking about things like people pleasing, not stating your needs, not wanting to take up space, not asking your partner for things but getting resentful when they don't provide them, worrying that you're passing on the same unhealthy patterns to your kids. That's a massive one. I get so many women who work with me and that's their motivation for doing it. So I wonder, like, where do you notice patterns that exist that you know are unhelpful But for one reason or another, you just can't bring yourself out of them. You just can't change the behaviour that would see you leave them behind. Usually it's because we fear other people's judgement when we change, when we make that decision to change. And how many out there are dealing with anxiety or depression or OCD, you know, whatever the psychological problem is, but you've never really seen that that's the symptom as opposed to the problem itself. And that's where I think sometimes in psychological therapeutic spaces, we have this idea that CBT-based interventions will do the job. 
and they often do for the symptoms of anxiety or depression or OCD or whatever it happens to be, but it doesn't quite hit the mark six months later because maybe there's not been enough of an emphasis or a focus on why did that happen in the first place? Where did it come from? So knowing your own psychology is literally about being given the tools, the knowledge, the skills to self-formulate this stuff, to understand why your relationships were a certain way, what the symptoms were or the fallout from that was and to change it. I want people to be able to live with more meaning, more freedom, more purpose and often it's these relational patterns that are holding us back. They're keeping us small, they're keeping us limited. Okay, if this has resonated with you, if you know that you would love to do some more work around this, then good news because I have a course on it. (laughs) Now, I launched my course um, a couple of months back in a pre-launch phase and I have essentially now closed the doors to ensure that the first cohort of my course um, are able to get as much value as they can out of it. I'm also using it as a way to get feedback and add more content that people um, tell me that they need. However, if you're interested, then you can join the waiting list and the course will be opening again towards the end of 2022 with a view to kicking off the new year with more psychological awareness, more psychological understanding so that 2023 can be the year that you stop allowing yourself to be limited. So if you would like to join the waiting list, you can go to my website, which is www.knowyourownpsychology.com and there you'll be able to navigate to the waiting list and you can basically pop your name on there and then you won't miss it when the course does come out. I would love to hear from you. Um, If you find this helpful and would like to tell me about it, you can email me hello at drlaurawilliams.com or you can pop a review as ever. Um, As I say, they're incredibly helpful and they push the podcast up the rankings. So yeah, do let me know and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Know Your Own Psychology. If you loved it, please share it on Facebook or Instagram for your friends and family. And if you really want to help me out, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, you can email me, hello at drlaurawilliams.com. And if you would like to know your own psychology better, influence all the areas of your life and achieve more meaning, freedom and purpose, come and join my growing community over on Facebook. Search Know Your Own Psychology and make a request.